Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com. You can also listen to the show as a podcast. We're available on both iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe today. And, of course, the podcast, too, on stevejonesshow.com. But if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a review. Now, if you're not in radio range in the central Susquehanna Valley, of course, you can listen to the Steve Jones Show and everything going on on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Thanks to our WKOK app. Just type in WKOK, either in iTunes or Google Play, whatever app store you use, and you can get our Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app for free. Get access to all of our stations. You can get access to us. Get in touch. Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Jones PSU. And our toll free is 1 800 795 9565. Be here till 5. And then, of course, after that, our late day news roundup with Sarah Bennick. Then we're into Phillies baseball tonight. Pre-game warm-up, 7.30. Uh, Phillies will start an interleague series in Texas against the Rangers this evening. Looks like it's going to be Jared Eikhoff and Hugh Darvish, uh, your pitchers tonight for uh, both teams. Tonight, tomorrow night, will be 8.05 games and then a afternoon matchup on Thursday. So we will not have a show on Thursday. After that, Phillies then head for Pittsburgh. Got a Pennsylvania showdown coming up this weekend between the Phillies and the Buckos. Last night, Boston defeating... Washington eliminating the Wizards in the NBA playoffs in Game 7. So next up for Boston, it is Cleveland in the East. Also coming up later tonight, we've got uh, in hockey, Anaheim and Nashville. They will continue that series this evening with Game Number 3. That series is even at one game apiece. And uh, quite a exciting Maybe you could call it stressful for Pens fans. Uh, but the Pens last night getting a one nothing win over Ottawa. They have evened up their series at one game apiece. So now the next two games will be in Ottawa coming up tomorrow night and on Friday. I say kind of stressful for Pens fans because there's shot after shot after shot was blocked. So it's not the, like, the offensive firepower was there. <laughs> you just kind of, well, okay, it's only a matter of time. They're going to score. But uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll get some uh, more hockey talk in over the uh, next few days. And we're also counting down to the Preakness race number two in the Triple Crown. See if Almost Dreaming can go two for two. So we'll be ramping up our horse racing talk. One of the top uh, 
horse racing analyst in the country, uh, Steve Bordstein. Uh, he was with us a couple of weeks ago to preview the Kentucky Derby. Uh, works for Fox Sports New Mexico. Uh, he is scheduled to join us. And uh, uh, Friday, for sure, we'll have Dick Girardi, uh, longtime award-winning Philly rider. And of course, uh, Steve's broadcast partner for basketball in the Penn State Sports Network. DJ will check in from Pimlico on Friday. Get you the latest up-to-second information regarding uh, the race at Pimlico. And of course, we'll be post-time uh, probably a little after 6.30 on Saturday night. By the way, Washington and Pittsburgh, uh, they will be playing tonight as we check out the Major League Baseball menu. Got Atlanta-Toronto, another interleague matchup there. Houston-Miami, Tampa Bay-Cleveland, Baltimore-Detroit, Cincinnati-Chicago, Colorado-Minnesota, Boston at the Cardinals, Yankees at Kansas City, and out west you've got the Mets at Arizona and the White Sox at the L.A. Angels. Mike Trout, L.A. Angels, he's now hit four consecutive home runs uh, in the last four consecutive days. Right now, one of the hottest players in baseball would be Mike Trout. Like us on Facebook. If you haven't had a chance to do that yet, we post our breaking news and podcast and much more. Steve Jones Show on Facebook and our Twitter follower is uh, at Steve Jones PSU. Uh, a couple announcements from earlier today. We found out that Peyton Manning's going to host the ESPYs in July. And the first thing I thought of was, I remember the Academy Awards from a couple of years ago when Ellen DeGeneres hosted it. And she noticed people in the audience were getting hungry because they were you know, sitting down there for several hours. So she ordered pizza <laughs> for everybody in the first few rows. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. Peyton has a pizza endorsement <laughs> he'll maybe he'll look down and steal that joke and order pizza for people in the crowd at the espies we'll have to wait and see when that happens in july what happens in july you do get something big little league world series what's going on no no the espn announced this morning that peyton manning will be hosting the espies in july oh big deal yeah i knew that wouldn't be that big of a deal for him no Ever? No, I thought of the. Uh, I thought of the. Yeah, I thought of the. Jo- I thought of the joke that Ellen DeGeneres did when she hosted the Academy Awards a couple of years ago. When she, yeah. you know, she delivered pizza. She had. A, she had some pizza yeah. delivery guy show up with pizza. I'm thinking. I wonder if, since Peyton has yeah. the pizza endorsement, if he'll do the same thing <laughs> during yeah, the well, show. Well, Papa, if Papa John sponsors it, then yes. <laughs> uh, but look. I don't like the ESPYS at all. You know. It, it, there's a lot of uh, in sports gets more awards, and so does our business, by the way. More awards than uh, you know, I've had people ask me you know, how many awards I've won, whatever. I don't apply. I never apply for an award, uh, and the re the reason I haven't is that. I like doing what I'm doing because I like what I'm doing. Well, you're a humble guy, and that's that's just stuff that doesn't keep you up at night. Nope, don't stay awake one second about that. Uh, and I remember the suit telling me that story a couple of years ago. I think he, I don't know if he was maybe shocked that he heard you say that or that I've never won an award. Well, that it just it's not that big a deal for you. It's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> or it was probably a combination of the two. Right, right. Here's what's a big deal for me. All right. Uh, what's a big deal for me is that I love being there on a Saturday 
doing a job I love with a guy like Jack. That's just a great friend, top shelf, the whole thing. I like in the wintertime I get an opportunity to sit there and work with Dick Girardi. Love doing basketball, job, the whole thing, working with him. Jeff Tarman, Roger are part of this, Derek Williams. Working every day with you. You know, we get to knock it around, talk some sports, have some fun. Love doing that. All right? Joe Putnam with the State College Spikes. Just really, you know, I just like what I do. I mean, do I need to sit there and get a statue or a, a, a piece of paper that says, hey, you're, <laughs> here you go. You want to know what the, the um, most gratifying piece of paper that you get in this business is? It's not the one that says, hey, you're the best, whatever. It's called a contract renewal. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll sign that. <laughs> hey, that's a big deal. Which means I can keep working and enjoying what I love to do. Keep doing what I love. <laughs> I'm in good time feeling better now. Uh, and I mean, and literally, that to me is... It's about doing the sports, you know, working with a James Franklin, working with a Patrick Chambers, working with the Penn State football players, working with the Penn State basketball players, doing games, getting to go places I love to go to, uh, you know, working with the Cardinals organization, the Spikes organization. I have a lot of fun with all that. You know, doing this, I have a lot of fun with it. I mean, you know, I get to sit on my backside in a studio in my basement and talk about sports. Hey. I'm not sitting in some lab hoping that if I pour this, it'll blow up. <laughs> I hope this works out right. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. And the people that say all nice things to you, I appreciate every nice word. And all the people that say bad things about you, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of. Move on. <laughs> I just gotta move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I'm you know I'm lucky. We, you know we get to, we get to do this. Well, contrary yeah. to popular yeah. belief from yesterday, when when we were you were saying you're going to be with us in the studio next Tuesday, well, I, I just you know spread the word to everybody that you are coming, and uh, no truth to the rumor that everybody will be fleeing in the opposite direction. That's not going to happen. I've already getting. Uh, text and replies back that they can't wait to see you. They're looking forward to having you join us. Yeah, and it, it's Wednesday again, right? <laughs> <laughs> sales staff, the sales staff, all of a sudden is here at three o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. What's going? On? <laughs> I canceled. A, I canceled my sales meeting for that. <laughs> I, I thought it was Monday. <laughs> No, it was Tuesday the entire time. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. So, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be in the uh, the vaunted Lawrence Studio, I believe. Yeah, right? you'll be in the on the yeah, you'll be yeah, you'll be in the on the mark seat. Yes, not your first rodeo. You've been there before. No, I've I've sat there before, and I have to admit, I have felt the power. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you look over across the way. Oh, that's where Reichley sits. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. Was that chair set on fire at one point? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Just asking. <laughs> oh, like you can't have fun with this. You can't have fun at anything. Got to. Got yeah. to. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be there next Tuesday, and Tony Knopp's going to be our guest on Tuesday. Uh, also coming up on Monday, Dan Baker. Now, tomorrow, Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barber is going to join us. Hmm. Now, Steve Bortstein's with us today. Uh, we'll talk with him about the Preakness coming up. And looking forward to... Some great conversation about that. Uh, Because uh, I guess always dreaming. (laughs) Had another one of those runs yesterday. (laughs) Just so you don't, if you don't know, always dreaming is a wild child. Okay? It's a wild child. This horse. Woke up on the wrong side of the barn yesterday morning? <laughs> you have exercise riders that come back pretending that they rode him. <laughs> How'd it go? No, great. I handled him. No problem. Whatever. <laughs> they were out there shaking <laughs> like a leaf. <laughs> like he takes the exercise riders for a ride. What's interesting, though, and this is the experience. Now, the exercise riders, by the way, are experienced. They've ridden a lot of horses. But it's amazing that when Johnny Velasquez, the jockey, gets on this horse, he's able to control him. Don't know what the magic formula is, but I guess yesterday, always dreaming, had another one of those. (laughs) We'll stop when I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hanging on for dear life. Oh, God. So, nobody knows (laughs) how it's going and getting ready for this race. Nobody knows. (laughs) It's a completely different ball game for Ty Pletcher, too, because uh, he's only run eight horses in the Preakness ever in his career. Uh, You know, look, it's, it's not normal... Look, the the triple crown in horse racing is to run three times in a five-week span for a horse and for a trainer to train them. We're going to go two weeks and we're going to go three weeks after that. It's just not normal. And so Todd Pletcher, of course, hasn't done this often because it's not normal. And that's... You know, that's what they, they have to overcome when they do this stuff. They have to over, overcome that it's not normal to do. So, I don't know. It, uh, it's, it's why we went so long, I think, between it's, you know, Smarty Jones got close, got knocked out by a nose. Look at a Fleet Alex, for goodness sakes. A Fleet Alex did something. I don't think it had been done since Damascus in 1967. Uh, won the Preakness and the Belmont, but lost the uh, Derby. You're like, okay, say so I lose the Derby, but they win the Preakness and the Belmont. What? American Pharaoh captured the imagination of everybody a couple of years ago because the horse went out and won all three. 
it's hard. I mean, this sport's like any other sport. Winning's hard. It really is. Winning is hard. And we talk about that all the time. I mean, the only sport where it's probably... I think the only sport where it's probably easy is probably IndyCar. I'm just kidding. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you, stop laughing. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. Uh, today's show brought to you by our good friends at uh, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, the uh, Penguins won last night, won nothing. And series tied at 1 now they move on to Ottawa. Game three tomorrow night. Celtics won last night. Game seven at uh, TD Garden. Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart stepped up with big games. Kelly Olynyk at the difference-making game last night. The career playoff best had been 14. He scored 26, a career playoff high last night. And uh, they won in advance, and now they get the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're going to have people that are going to wonder out loud, and justifiably, you know, if the Celtics can win a game in this series. I don't know. Find out. The irony is the Celtics are the number one seed in the East. The first two games are in Boston. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, we'll talk to Dan Baker about the Phillies coming up on Monday. Tony Knopp coming up on Tuesday. Steve Bortstein, Kentucky Derby, later in this show. Sandy Barber tomorrow. Dick Girardi on Friday. Several members of the uh, Sunbury Broadcasting family have called in sick for next Tuesday. Ooh. It's kind of odd that it would happen this far in advance, Sean. That's some strain. What? That's some strain they've got coming down there. What day am I going in there again? <laughs> what was it? Tuesday. Huh. Something, they refer to it as blue flu. What does that mean? <laughs> Have you heard of that? I've heard a case of the Monday blues, but nothing to do with Tuesday. I wonder what caused that. Same, same thing happens at the holidays every year. The phones are ringing off the hook at Sunbury Motors Hyundai, Hyundai because right now we're offering the best savings in Hyundai's 30-year history, like up to 67.50 in total savings on the 2017 Sonata. It's called the Better Than Ever Sales Event, and it features the biggest total savings ever offered on Sonata, Elantra, Tucson, and Santa Fe Sport. So there's never been a better time to buy than the Better Than Ever Sales Event. Every Hyundai is also backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. America 
his best warranty. So visit Sudbury Motors Hyundai Hyundai. now before the biggest savings in Hyundai's history are, well, history. Better is the reason to buy a Hyundai, Hyundai. and the better-than-ever sales event is the reason to buy now. Sudbury Motors Hyundai is your home for, well, better. Better prices, better vehicles, and a better buying experience. Sudbury Motors Hyundai Hyundai. in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza in Sudbury and online at sudburyhyundai.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, which 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Steve Bortstein on the Preakness next half hour. Sandy Barber on the show tomorrow. Sean begged the Phillies for a game on Thursday. I don't know why. So no show on Thursday. And everyone on the station is called in sick on Tuesday. What? What's the deal? I don't understand. I'm confused. We have some exciting news tomorrow that we'll give you that we think leads to bigger and better things for Shigalumi football. No. <laughs> if I get a text, I'll let you know. <laughs> Especially if it's from Drew. Right. <laughs> I was th- I was thinking one floor up from Drew. <laughs> the one doing the happy dance. <laughs> it's a great no, idea. No, 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 that'd be the office across from the suit. <laughs> That's right. Yes. 1869 on this day in sports history. The Cincinnati Reds played their first baseball game. Against whom I don't know. <laughs> you got to play somebody, don't you? <laughs> Can't have an inner squad scrimmage. All right. Um, 1925, WHAS in Louisville became the first network broadcast of the Kentucky Derby. 1932, the New York Yankees got their fourth consecutive shutout. He tied the record with Cleveland and Boston. Cecil Travis, in 1933, often talked with reverence of the radio station, became the first player to get five hits in his first game. 1939, the Philadelphia A's and the Cleveland Indians met at Scheib Park in Philadelphia, the first night game in American League history. 1954, Ted Williams, coming back after breaking his collarbone, got eight hits in a doubleheader. <laughs> He's back. 1965, Jim Palmer of the Orioles made his pitching debut. I don't think a lot of people realize that in the last game ever pitched by Sandy Koufax, he was the losing pitcher. It was in the World Series. You know who the winning pitcher was? Jim Palmer. I want to say it was six to nothing. 1972, Greg Lazinski hit a home run that hit the Liberty Bell 
inside the vet at Philadelphia. That's a long ways away. <laughs> Remember how high up that thing was? I remember going to a game at Citizens Bank Park, and the vet was had just been imploded. I remember walked past with a friend and said, that's the best that place ever looked. <laughs> 1979, the National League approved the sale of the Astros from Ford Motors to John McMullen for $19 million. Craig Reynolds of the Houston Astros hit three triples in a game against the Cubs in 1981. 1985, Michael Jordan was named the NBA Rookie of the Year. It's amazing how those people can see talent so soon. 1996, Sammy Sosa of the Cubs hit two home runs in one inning. And 2003, Anaheim beat the Minnesota Wild 2-1 when advanced the Ducks to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time in franchise history. Led by Jean-Sebastien Jaguer in net, a former Hartford Whalers first-round pick. The Mighty Whale. What a rip-off that was. But I digress. (laughs) I digress. Uh, All right. Some interesting... So we talked yesterday about rules in college basketball. And we did a little quick thing on staff size for college football. And it brings up the topic of officiating. There's one thing that if you, because I host, I host, that's, that's the wrong way of putting it, I don't host anything. I MC the quarterback club and I MC the hoops club. Now, what's one consistent topic that comes up at both? Officials' calls. All right. There are some people, not many, but some people who feel like the Big Ten quote has it out for Penn State. Do you really think that there's somebody out there that's looking around going, you know what, I'm going to get stick them today. Then they do it, and then they get a call from the big office in Chicago. Great job. <laughs> do you really think that scenario actually happens? No. Scenario does not happen. We've had Bill Carollo on the show before. We have had Rick Boyajas on the show before. Bill, of course, football. Rick Boyajas, basketball. They grade out, and they and they they grade out right away. I mean, these guys get home from the game; they already have their evaluations. Because in this digital world that we're in right now, you can turn around and you have here are the cutups, here are the clips. Now, there's some talk about, now the SEC did this last year, about doing what the NFL and the NHL and Major League Baseball have done. That's centralized replay. I think the Big Ten has the ability to do it as well now. Where they can central now, where they can get all the feeds are from everywhere, and they, they can take a look at it. 
My biggest problem with officiating in college football is not the on-field officials. Games fast, the really good ones. I'll give you a good example. I'll give you a name of a guy I think is a really good official in the in in college football, and there are others too I can give you. But Jerry McGinn, I think, does a great job. Jerry, in fact, you just saw him. Jerry just worked the blue white game. And officials will come in, and they'll go to practices or scrimmages or whatever, because they have to get into the groove with what's going on, too. And they'll tell the players, hey, we're emphasizing this, we're emphasizing that, be careful when you do that. Uh, If you notice sometimes when a receiver goes out wide, they'll look over at the sideline that's not their sideline, and you're like, what are they looking at? They're looking at the official. In other words, you can only have X amount of people on the line of scrimmage. So they'll look over and say, hey, am I good? Yep. Because the official doesn't want want you lining up wrong. All right? You know, am I good? Yeah, you're good. All right, so you're not going to get flagged for being in the backfields. The guys that don't look, you end up getting flagged for being in the backfield. And they explain to players all the time what they're looking for, what the point of emphasis is, why they're doing it, and they do that. My problem has been with the booth officials, with the replay officials. Obviously, the vast majority of replays are accurate, and you get the right call. But I've seen too much in the last two years. I don't care whether it's a game I'm watching on TV or a game I'm broadcasting. I sit back and I'm, you know, if it's game we're broadcasting, I look at Jack and the two of us will look at each other. What the heck are they looking at? Now, a good one, of course, you know, was the and and the targeting one is a, is one that's that really bothers me because no nobody knows what the heck the definition is. I don't know what the definition is. I'm out there doing this thing all the time, and I don't know. I mean, we all the Brandon Smith thing was absurd. The again, let's go to the official on the field. Uh, I want to say it was the back judge. He's behind the play. He sees Perry's head move to the right as Brandon goes through to knock the ball away. Brandon was going for an interception. So the back judge does the right thing. He throws the flag. Now he throws the flag with the idea that the guy upstairs will take a look at it and will be able to see it far more clearly as to what really happened. And if there's no penalty, he'll gladly pick up his flag, and there's no penalty. Well, on that one, it's obvious. He doesn't touch him at all. He doesn't touch him. He's going for the ball and the whole deal. And the official in the box didn't call it that way. It goes back to, I think, I want to say it was a Foster Farms Bowl game, I think. It was UCLA and Nebraska a year and a half ago. And this kid, Geary, was an outside linebacker for Nebraska. He's not there now. He won't be playing against Penn State this year. Had received, I think it was against Iowa, a targeting penalty that had knocked him out for a half. Something like that. Now he's playing in this Foster Farms Bowl game. He hits the kid for UCLA up high around the shoulder pads, but misses the head completely. It doesn't do anything. But when it's in fast motion, you're like, wow, did he, you know, did he get him? And they, so they throw the flag. Okay. So then I go up to the booth. The guy confirms the penalty. I'm looking, what are you looking at? 
So that's where I'm finding an issue, where you've got all the tools in front of you and the ability to slow it down and really take a look. Some of the decisions that they make, I shake my head and say, I don't think so. I'm saying some. Obviously, the vast majority are correct, spot on, and so forth. But there have been a couple that they made in either a game I'm watching on TV or a game I'm seeing in person. I'm thinking, they gave you a chance to look at it again, and that's what you came up with? That part has to be straightened out. You can't have that as your, your backup system and then have your backup system create more questions. You can't. After years and years where I felt like the backup system was working pretty well and they were getting, you know, they go to the backup system and it backed it up. Did a good job. I hardly had any questions. I've had more questions about replay the last two years, and part of it goes to the targeting call because, of course, that call wasn't in years ago. It's the same thing in basketball. In basketball, we're getting a, a few more replays now. I like the fact in the last two minutes, like the NBA, they can take a look at block charge. I like that. Um, I, I still think that a ball on the backboard as to whether it's pinned or or not, thus goaltending or not, I think should be something that's reviewable. But in basketball, I mean, the human element comes into play. It's the same as football. And I try to explain this to people, and they go, oh, they're out to get us. I'm like, okay, just slow down. You know, they don't go into the arena going, you know, I really don't like Bob in the third row, so I'm going to do something to make Bob mad. In basketball, you have A's, B's, and C's. And I say this out of my experience of doing as many games as I've done. The A's are going to give you a really good game eight to nine times out of ten. They're just going to give you a really good game eight to nine times out of ten. You trust their judgment. You trust the kind of game they're trying to call, the whole deal. A B is somebody that can give you several A performances, but every once in a while can lapse into a C mode, and you're like, oh, boy. Like, they just, you know, they have one of those names. For the most part, they're consistent, they're good, they're not as great as the A, and they're definitely not a C. You know, they can give you a couple of A performances along the way. Out of ten performances, they can give you six Bs, two A's, and two C's. (laughs) Okay? C official is someone that they don't have a great feel for the game. They're not positioned right often enough and they drive everybody in the building nuts. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean they can't have good nights and they're not, no, because they, everybody can have good nights and everybody can have bad nights, too. But don't ever go in and think that they're out to get you. And sometimes some of the problem, that's not in football, but some of the problem will occur in basketball, especially when you get to January and February. They've worked a lot of games. Some of these guys are working five games a week. So what was the travel? What was that like going in? How fatigued are you? Now, is is that fair to the teams playing that you're fatigued? No. They're also independent contractors. And I can't blame a person for wanting to get whatever money they can get. But it does have an effect on the games. Once you get to postseason, though, 
you notice the officiating postseason usually is pretty good. Well, that's because they're all in one spot, or they're at a spot, and they work a game on a Thursday, and then the next game is on Saturday, and they don't have to travel. They're right there. Or the game's on a Friday, and the game's on a Sunday. They don't have to travel. So they're actually in the postseason. They get some rest, actually, and they're fresh. Also, you are evaluated strenuously, and if you have a really good weekend, you advance as an official to the next weekend. And finally, the nine, the graded out nine best work their way to the final four. Okay. And that's how it's done. It's like in the NFL, the uh, the NFL conference semifinal round, the four games that weekend, that's where the Super Bowl ref comes from. Well, it's a it's a topic that comes up all the time. <laughs> I always find it interesting when it does come up. We've talked about rules this week and what they're looking to do. And every once in a while, you got to remind everybody: look, okay, these guys are graded out all the time. Sometimes the officials do not emerge from the officials' locker room till a while later because if they've had a rough day or a rough night. They are being spoken to by the office in Chicago. All right, we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean and I are making plans for the future here. You know, things that we have coming up. Boy, I tell you, you jumped on that wedding invitation right away. It kind of got you out of a couple other things, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, di- I didn't tell you this after the show yesterday, but yeah, I think it does get me out of at least one thing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and, and, and and it's and it's nothing that my my wife's coercing me into doing. It's nothing like that that I was attempting to look right. for an out or anything like that. Help me help you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's what we do, buddy. <laughs> Got help your back. Me, help him. Got your back when no one else does. Got, got your back. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Bordstein next half hour in the Preakness. Sandy Barber on the show tomorrow. Friday, Dick Girardi. Looking forward to it. And the next week, Dan Baker. The uh, Citizens Bank Park. PA announcer for the Phillies. Speaking of the Phillies, too, I've been working on this for about a month. Maybe. We're hoping next week for John Cruck. Hoping. Mm. He'll be right. back He'll be back on his TV duties uh, next week. Oh, good. Love to have him on. Yes. So we're working on that, too. You want to talk about somebody who got out <laughs> of personal and landed squarely on his feet before they, they did anything. Wow. I'll tell you, he's great at the Phillies games. Well, and going into it as already a beloved favorite, that definitely doesn't hurt. 
pretty much makes it a no-brainer. Well, now you know how the play-by-play guy Chickalimmy has always felt. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I thought it was really cool for Kruk back in 2011, his first trip to Williamsport for the Little League World Series, having a chance to see the the Lock Haven, the Clinton County Keystone Boys on their magical run six years ago. And he loved it. He did. 41,000 in the building. Pretty much the lock haven that town shut down that night on opening night of the tournament. You know what's interesting about 40-plus thousand there at Lomity Stadium? Is that everybody's on top because the field is small. So they're really close to the action. Now, were you on the hill or in a seat? I was in a seat. Third baseline. Not surprising. <laughs> You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.